Hey guys, this is a VIP Q&A that Gary did in Phoenix, Arizona in late November. The questions can be a little tough to hear, but there's a few really, really important points that he talks about here. Gary gives his thoughts around crowdfunding and its futures, the importance of getting to know your employees and recognizing what they want out of a company, an important mentality to keep in mind when working for a nonprofit, and why he doesn't consume other people's content. Hope you enjoy. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Great. I just want to maximize the time before I have to catch this flight to Atlanta. So thank you for listening. Uh, please grab your food. I see where the mics are. D- does he? So there's three people there. I'm trying to just get in context. All right. Why don't we go? Go ahead, sir. What's your name and what's your question? Uh, yeah. So my question is actually uh, what your experience uh, may be with crowdfunding and uh, businesses that uh, run primarily on crowdfunding. The sustainability of that in the future. Uh, possible uh, issues that come up with how. States are looking at taxing uh, crowdfunding and Look, I think even if, your point, the evolution of crowdfunding gets harder and not as wild, wild west and it changes the dynamics, it's hard now. Like, you know, crowdfunding is, you know, is really fascinating because people get excited when they hear about the one startup that gets like a million dollars for a bunch of people, but like 98, 99% of crowdfunded companies that are posted don't reach their goals or get to where they're at. So my answer is this. It will be a model that I genuinely believe will always be out there because it's native to the internet, right? We're more connected, it makes sense. Um, But I think it's gonna come down to the thing that it always comes down to, which is I'm not against it, I I like it. I like it the same way as pitching a high net worth individual to give you a million dollars for the piece of it. You know, there's a million different ways. We're living in an era now where people don't go to the bank for a loan anymore and that was the only way we did it in 1989. So things will evolve in funding. I think it's a viable platform. I wouldn't overly worry about what it's gonna look like in 2027, and I would just focus on what you're doing right now. If you like it, if you have a knack for it, if you're good at it, I think you milk it and squeeze it, but you recognize there'll be evolutions. All right, you're fucking awesome, thank you. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Go ahead, my man. Hey, Gary, yeah, we love you over here, man. Over here is in Phoenix or over on this side of the room? Respect, man. Thank you. Me and my business partner. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Um, So, me and my business partners, we got a great core of employees. They're loyal, they're ride or die. But then there's a good portion of them, and I see a revolving door. They fall off. Yep. And that really hurts the company. Yep. And you know, we're we're how much, how much, how much time are you spending speaking to those individuals one by one? So we do individual talks with them when we're seeing them struggle all the time. What about before then? Before they start to struggle? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's like we, we do How many employees do you have? There's not much, I'd say it's about 32. Yeah, so to me, the fact that you've decided to make this your question, I'm jumping ahead because it's awesome and easy. How many partners do you have? Two. Right, so three total? Yeah. The fact that there's only 10 employees per, or 11 employees per person, you need to go all in, bro. You need to, you need to do a, once a month with 10 of the employees breakfast. You need to then take the other 10 and meet with them every month. Like, 
in the beginning of Vayner, before it got to like so many that it, I knew that I just couldn't scale, I was really sticky DMing them. Like being a boss is about, and being an owner, is about reverse engineering your employees, not them conforming to you. If you're upset about the revolving door and that's affecting you, you need to figure out how to get stickier. The way to get stickier is to figure out if it's money, responsibility, acknowledgement, title, like what makes them tick. The end. It literally might just be an extra dollar an hour at that entry. Hello, hello, hello. You know, it might just be an extra dollar an hour on on that level, right? Or it might just be the fact that you even gave a fuck to take them out for a coffee that made them stay an extra 18 months. Right. An employee told me flat out that buying him St. Louis Cardinal tickets early in his career at Vayner made him pass on other offers offering him 40,000 more a year. So everybody here is, you know, and, and think about your lives right now. If you've been in the workforce or career, there's been times where you valued money more, there's been times where you wanted respect more, reputation, balance. It's not only figuring out what the six things are, it's the six things today, which is why it never ends. Thank you. You got it, bro. Yo. You're good. Yep. What's up, Gary? How are you? I'm Nate from LA. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's a you all have to use. Use But um, uh, I kind of don't really have that much of a practical question. Okay. But, um, you kind of put me into positions where I basically run myself now. Like any question I have, I know how to get it. Good. And um, I just want to ask, like, what do you like? Do you, can you actually comprehend how much impact you actually have on people? If you don't, like to put you in context, like I came from someone that's just like like a scrawny little insecure little Asian kid. Yep. And then to someone that's just like learned how to look for you, like to be honest, you like you're sort of like a father to you. Like not only me, but like a lot of other kids. And like to me it's like, yo, like now I'm coming from a place where like I'm running, I'm making six um on my way to be making six figures from nothing, you know? And it's like how do you, how do you, like, how do you talk to how much impact you play in the Um, couple, it's a really interesting question, and like, I don't even want to answer it with this many people in the room. You'll appreciate where I'm about to go. It, it breaks down to a couple things. Number one, the reason I don't hear that, back to getting high on my supply, the answer is yes. Like, people are like, Gary, do you even know how many people you're affecting? I'm like, yes. I get fucking 10,000 emails a week of people telling me that they were about to commit suicide and stopped because of my content. Or they were in debt and now they're not. Or they used to be mean to their wife and now they have the best relationship. Like, so the answer is, like, I think I'm gonna impact every person on earth if I'm lucky enough to live long enough. Which is a ludicrous thing to say. It's unbelievably audacious. I genuinely, at this point, want to be the most impactful human ever. Why not? Why not, why not? But the reason it's palpable and not obnoxious is because when I hear that compliment, that's a much bigger compliment to my parents and America than it is to me. I'm a byproduct of circumstance. So, it, so I don't lose my way because I don't think it's me. You know, does that make sense? Thank you, man.
What's up, Gary? Hey, man. Um, I got you on the IG live. Let's go. Hey, man, you got to put as many pieces of content. You're making content, bro. I'm taking it right now. You also must have saw my blog post a couple months ago about wearing ridiculous shirts. Hey, man, I got to stand out. Let's go, baby. Yeah, come on, Let's go. Uh, first, I want to say thank you for telling me a million fucking times to turn my camera on and make a video if I got something to say. Did it, and it's changed my life, so. <laughs> go figure. Yeah, I know, right? Who would have fucking thought? Um, I'm in the financial advising, financial planning industry. What do you see as the future? of that industry and how can I make the most impact to young people? It's less about what's the future, it's more about you're right on it. Like you need to make more content, bro. Like if you don't have a very serious LinkedIn content strategy, you're leaving a huge opportunity. You're a young dude and you're gonna gravitate towards IG video, easy, but LinkedIn is fucking gold right now for everybody. LinkedIn organic reach is more similar Facebook organic reach was doing five or six years ago. It is just an opportunity. And I don't care if you're selling weird t-shirts, figure out how to make it business oriented in LinkedIn. Everybody here should really think about how to make their content work to professionals. If you're in the roofing business, like title the post, why lawyers and, and, and HR executives need better roofs. I'm not joking. So I, for you bro, heavy content on LinkedIn before LinkedIn's organic reach starts declining too. For sure, for sure. Thank you, Gary. You got it, bro. Hey, Gary, from Google Live. Hi. We did a speaking event five years ago for Airport, and I can't wait for you to buy Thank you. This is my question. I know you're a savvy tech investor. Did you notice that I replied to your tweet? Just just this second, Dave, yeah. Just, just a, like, this is a funny meta moment, because I think it could be like a learning moment to like truth, like living your truth. I'm jumping in and interrupting her because while I was walking from the stage to here, I replied to her tweet uh, that she just posted about me keeping it real on stage today. I, I, I drink my own Kool-Aid. When I yell at you for not replying to your 13 comments on your last Instagram post, it's because still at this point, with hundreds of thousands of comments, I'm living it. I just was like, that one, right All right, I'm fucking, I'm on stage. I'll get to it. Jesus. <laughs> Go ahead. So, my question is this. I'm in the middle of a pre-series Okay. Okay. savvy tech investor. What makes a successful tech startup versus those that take? What I've seen is the combination. Where I've made my money and where I've lost my money is on the delta of the two things that matter. The idea and then the timing of that idea, which you're gonna deal with with AI. And then honestly, the thing that in the beginning I was great at, but then I did get a little too high on my supply off the wins, and I started just betting on the idea. I was at my best, and I'm back to being that person when I bet on the person too. Like, I can't, I, I would look the other way. You know what I did poorly? I would hear a business idea, and I could dream what I would do if I was running it, and that's when I thought it would be good, but I didn't realize, like, I'm not running it. And so, what makes a success, in my opinion, is I believe in the idea, the idea's timing is right, because that's where people get killed. Like, AI's gonna happen when. AR is gonna happen when. You know how many people pour tons of money into virtual reality 18 months ago? We're not even close. Nobody here uses VR. Like so, timing, idea, human. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey Gary, I'm signing up a big fan. I got 10 of my friends here because never really listen to it. You like fucking music, poetry, awesome. Thank you, bro. Where are your 10 friends? Uh, over there. 
why are all your friends eating? And yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, kidding. Go ahead, go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. Um, not including shout outs to your friends or family. Yes. If the next few words we're gonna, you were gonna say would be the last words you'd say on this earth to pass on, what would they be? Thank you. I, I am so fascinated by gratitude. Like, I'm so weirded out about human traits. I wonder, you, this is gonna make sense. By the way, this is the downside of failing science. You're about to see it play out. Because I'm asking you guys a question. I'm excited about thinking that the way science is evolving, like we'll be able to go get, not B12 shots, but like gratitude shots. Like, besides health, boy would I wish for you to be disproportionately empathetic and grateful. Because if you are, you will live one happy life. And so my answer would be thank you because if I could ever convince all of you that the pontificating I do around 400 trillion to one, which is the current math that scientists believe is the likelihood of becoming a human being, if you actually sat here while you're eating your fucking salad, and you actually let that sink in. Like for a second, I almost want to go like Zen meditation shit and not talk. 400 trillion to one that you're a human. Like how can't you be grateful for the at bat? I'm just so grateful, man. I would say thank you because I'm so grateful. Like I fear death my whole life. Nightmares as a kid today, I think about it all the time. Out of one thing, the love of life. And that's not how much money I have or followers. It's I, just playing my game. Getting to, thank you by the way. Getting to play my game. I just wanted to get this last part out. Like, that's what I want. I want people to play their game. Because you're also talking to somebody who played his game. You're a shitty student. You're gonna suck. I grew up looking around the faces. There's enough people here. Remember the 80s and 90s and even early 2000s. That's the golden era of good college is the only way you win. Like, like, and then the world came to me. It wasn't cool to be an entrepreneur. There were entrepreneurs that had t-shirts that people wore. And then the world came to me because I never wavered for my place. And so maybe you love painting in, with tomatoes. And maybe it seems ridiculous today. Let me tell you how many of my friends at 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 should have just stayed playing video games and not try to become a lawyer. They'd be making a lot more money and being a lot happier today. Nobody over 40 in this room growing up the way I did saw professional video game playing being a profession. All the moms told us to get off the fucking thing and go be somebody who goes to college and takes $300,000 in debt and never gets out of debt. Like, guys. How many examples do you want me to give you to tell you that you don't know how life's gonna play out? It's why I love making choices. I hate when people are like, Gary, I'm crippled. Like, should I do this or this? I'm like, pick one. They're like, ah. I'm like, if you pick one, you do understand you'll never know what would have happened. The reason I don't struggle with making decisions is because I know that I don't get to see how it would have played out. So, I don't know. We need to get way more basic, but the answer is thank you. Hi. How are you? Um, fantastic. How are you? Amazing. Okay, well, my name is Ruth, and um, uh, one, one of my questions is, um, can I take a picture with you after my question? You can. Um, the second part is, um, so I have a question about legacy because, and this is something I've had for the longest time, like for years, 
um, I know there's other business owners who are just like building their business, and I've always wondered how, when they pass, like how do they keep that going? They don't. They're dead. Okay, but there's other people that they keep it going for them. That's right, but you can't control the world from the grave. So, the, like, are you asking what's the best way to make sure my business is being run properly once I'm gone? Um, I think it's more of, like, if it's making such an impact, how does one keep that impact going? Well, that's the reason I'm so unbelievably passionate about making content and putting it on the internet. This question and interaction that you and I are having right now is being watched right now 47 years after my death. I'm aware. <laughs> so you want legacy? Produce content. You want us, that pontificating I just did up there about having a vlog and making content, it may not turn into your million dollar business. I promise you, you're gonna have a real laugh with your granddaughter in 39 years watching it. Yeah. <laughs> content. You know, people used to be lucky that their grandfather or grandmother were famous and so there was like old films about them and they had things we didn't have. We had like 17, 29 pictures. Like, my, like everybody in this room should be the patriarch and matriarch of their families in perpetuity because they're the ones who are now alive during the era of content creation at scale and there should be more content of you than anybody prior to you, thus you're the starting point. Literally, I genuinely believe what I'm about to say. This room is the starting point for their family because in 130 years, they're not gonna know your great grandparents but you're going to be that person so I would produce content. All right, picture. Yo. Hi, Gary. Hi. How are you? It's great. And I run and lead a nonprofit called the Architect Me. We serve adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, and we serve them through helping them basically find a longing in community in the greater community outside of Okay. What is my question falls on? it's not really working for everyone. So my big thing with nonprofits is a couple things and I sit on several boards and spend a lot of time thinking about the marketing of nonprofits. The biggest vulnerability for nonprofits is ideology. Like it's very awesome that you're passionate about this. But he just might not be. And the ideology and even audacity of some of the people that work or run nonprofits is the thing I'm trying to get them out of. What I'm trying to get the ones I'm involved with is like, cool, let's not convince anybody of anything. Let's disproportionately create stories and let the people that actually care about them consume them. And it's a very important framework if you think about how I just talked about that. Don't waste a minute trying to convince somebody who can't be convinced. Again. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know this. Like, I don't want you to be disappointed anymore. Like, that you're passionate about it. I'm passionate about Crohn's colitis because my brother has it. 
Like we can't judge. Like I love when people judge. Like, and that's what a lot of nonprofits do. Just because you're a fucking nonprofit doesn't mean you're owed anything. It's amazing that you're doing something amazing. So now let's focus on people who we think are, right? And so I think it's about content, marketing, and most importantly, the mindset when we go and talk to people about being appreciative to even get the at-bat to get them to hear about it. But bailing really quick, like if I'm pitching him on, hey, we're gonna have disability, and I can see his eyes are glossing, thank you so much, man, have a great day. That's how I live my life. I don't expect anything from anybody about anything I'm talking about, and the second I get an indicator that they're not interested, I'm not mad at them, I just wanna move on to the next thing because there's fucking 400 million people to talk to. It's a big mindset shift for a lot of people in profit land. You understand? Yes, very do, thank you. It's a big deal. If you really use that filter, you'll be stunned by the adjectives and words you use on email, phone call, and social media that will become the unlock for you actually getting what you want. Okay. Make sense? Yes. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. It's super important. That was an important moment for a lot of people. Like, when you change your mindset, back to the kind of like weird thing I was doing on stage, like once you want, like I could even see like where she was, like that was fine, I didn't want to let her go because I could tell she's like kind of getting it, right? And it's important to get it because it goes back to entitlement. When you're as wonderful as she is and you're doing something so important for the world, you know, and you see people buying fucking Lamborghinis and fucking $80 this and like, you know, like, and they don't have time for you in this, it's very easy to start to judge but that becomes your downfall. And when you don't have expectations and when you're not entitled, well, we're a nonprofit, you, sh- you should. I hear that so much in nonprofit boards I'm in. You should. You should what? It's not like we're sitting down with you for four years. You might have a sick grandmother that you like have to take a percentage of your paycheck to just because you're, like, you should do nothing. You should be a decent human being, but how that manifests, right? and everyone's posturing. It doesn't take much to put out a tweet that says hashtag me too, but how are you actually living your life? Got it? So we need to eliminate entitlement and judgment. Once you do that, you're in giving mode, not expecting mode. Once you're in giving mode, a very funny thing happens. You start getting. It's not how many likes or followers you get. It's how much value you bring to the people who decided to follow you in the first place. All of a sudden, a funny thing happens. All of a sudden, the nine people that give a fuck about you today tell seven other people because you actually gave a fuck back for them giving a fuck in the first place. (laughs) Hey. Yes. I have a small business. I often have high school, middle school students helping me with production. That's awesome. I also have um, four kids of my own. And I was just wondering what your advice is on teaching them how to balance not caring what others think and being able to do what they love, but also showing respect. By holding them accountable to respect, but not creating an ideology of what respect is. Right, where I think people struggle is they've decided to manifest what respect is. The thing that I've been so fascinated by the world on is for some reason we've decided that writing a letter to somebody and sending it is some greater act than sending a text with the same words on it. We are, that the reason we're shitting on kids today is because they don't look you in the eye when you shake their hand. 
Like, the key is actually understanding what is actual respect and kindness, not the current state of what's politically correct in its manifestation. That's it. So, you know, that's how I'm, you know, I'm really paying attention to what my two are doing and watching everybody else. Like, I hate when people are like, these kids, they don't know how to socialize. They're more social than we were. These kids go online and socialize with hundreds of kids on Twitch and Instagram and YouTube all day. What did you do on a random Wednesday in 1986? Let me remind you. You threw a rock in the fucking water. Like, it's crazy. Like, we shit on the new generation and we put our generation on an ideology. Do you know what my contemporary girlfriend and friends that were girls did in high school? They ran into the room, locked the door, got on their second phone line and were on the phone for second seven fucking hours before they went to sleep. <laughs> Sounds like being on your phone all day. Judgment. So you know what, you're, you're their mom. You know what respect is. If you became ideological and you said shaking a person's hand, like fine, that's, that's up to you. I will never tell anybody to parent, but I will tell you socially commentating on the macro, old people start putting old shit on a pedestal. And that's some bullshit. <laughs> Do you remember the outrage of Miley Cyrus's VMA appearance seven years ago? That's like a lame Instagram post. <laughs> like, go read what we wrote about the Beatles' long hair and the extreme disrespect it was to our society. Don't get old. Stop being full of shit. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey. The message upstairs about people getting out of their own way. Yes. Number one is a lot of your uh, language is reinforcing two things. So upstairs you reinforced uh, 7,000 people to just post a bunch of shit. Yes. And not qualify that it's good content. Correct. As to just ridiculousness. Correct. And then the second thing that potentially I want to ask you about Please. reinforcing, especially on this last question, this last thing is I, I find myself judging and questioning the use of vulgarity, yes. at what point in time, is it justifying it and making it essentially popular or acceptable? And at what point does it just become rude and vulgar? I think intent. I think one of the reasons I've been able to curse maybe more than others is because I think humans are, are actually unbelievably good at having intuition around intent. And I think for a lot of people, they're like, if I had to bet my life on it, that's just a Jersey boy being Jersey boy. Not somebody who's trying to use it to be, I mean, brother. Like, the other thing is the truth. Go watch my videos on YouTube that I posted in 2009, 10, 11. I get destroyed for cursing. Go, oh, he, Steve's not, like, I wish my CAA, you know, we just started a speaking bureau where Zach, who was my CAA rep, is now my C. I wish he was here right now to tell you how much money I lost in 2009, 10, 11, 12, and how they would beg me. They would say things, I mean, they tried to bribe me. They were like, we've got 500,000 in advance, five speeches, when I was making 30,000 a speech. So this is a big jump, 100,000 a speech. But you can't curse, and like this, and it needs to be like the beginning of you not cursing. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> because I'll tell you where it is, my friend. I think you'll understand this, and I think I can tell why you picked up on that. It's intent. 
I'm not cursing for the sake of cursing. This is how I'm comfortable in communicating. As a matter of fact, I wish I didn't because I would be bigger. You know? The, the, the alpha young males, I would have gotten them without it. But all the people I'm losing because I curse, the amount of people that judge me and think I'm a bad person because I curse would be staggering to you. You just have the capability of seeing through that and seeing the truth and the humanity. Like if I spoke with a little less energy, a little less bravado, a little less jersey, and a lot less cursing, I would be seven times bigger. But boring. It's not about boring, just it wouldn't be me. Right, exciting. It just wouldn't, it's not even exciting. You can be better, like I watch a lot of stand-up comedy. You can, like there's great people who don't, it's just not my truth. It's times bigger that's doing that? I don't know, to to be honest, I so don't know what the fuck is going on out there because I can't hear anything. I don't know who speaks, I don't, guys, I've never seen Tony Robbins speak in his life, like I don't consume content. All you do is Content. Your content, your content, right? I don't consume other people's books or podcasts or shows. I just read your comments. That's how I know stuff. You think I just lucked into having great understanding of human behavior? This is fucking 20 years of just reading every single person's point of view on every single goddamn thing. At scale, of course I'm gonna be good at trend spotting. It's pattern recognition of what's made people tick. We don't change, the landscape changes. We're animals. That's why I know how insecure we are. That's why I laugh when you guys blame social media for what's going on. It's the mirror. Blame traditional media that us in a world where we know the truth. This is the step backwards for the two steps forward. We've gotta reconcile our shortcomings. It's being exposed. So, you know, I don't wanna, you know, to be frank, I'm not pumped, I'm vulgar. I take no pride in cursing. I don't think it's cool. I really don't, I really don't. I just think it's me, and I don't know how to be anything but me. You want a real life lesson? Figure that out. Shit gets good. Yeah, so, I, do I have to, what's going on, a few more minutes? Okay. This is the last question. After this, main section is starting upstairs. Shit, everybody's gonna do one. Thank you, brother. So, speaking of gratitude, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a kind of moral dilemma in my own head. Thanks, brother. So, I shoot architectural photography and I post photos on Instagram on a relatively, not nearly as much as I need to be, but on a relatively regular basis. Okay. So, when one of my images gets stolen, and there's no credit given or they're using it for their own purposes, on one hand, I'm like, you know, you son of a bitch, you stole my image. But on the other hand, I'm oddly grateful that my work is good enough to steal. Do you draw a line somewhere there? No? I draw a line and I like the, thank God you have the second part, and now I will try to suffocate you in perpetuity to not give a shit about the first part. Okay. People spend all their time on defense and that's why they lose. What are you gonna chase them down? (laughs) Like what? What are you gonna slip into their DM and be like, you're a dick? (laughs) What are you gonna spend nine hours trying to figure out where that person lives and not call them? (laughs) Like what the fuck are you gonna do? You know what I would do? If it's bothering you so much, leave a comment on that post and be like, yo bro, thanks so much for using my image. Do it every time. And never worry about somebody stealing your image. 
Because stealing images in a 2019 internet world is different than 1974 in print form. It's a different game. Cool. Thank you, everyone.